Welcome to the Environmental Leadership Chronicles, a podcast brought to you by the California Association of Environmental Professionals. In this episode, I'm again joined by co-host Connie Dobriva, and we feature Audrey Zagazetta, President and CEO of CirclePoint. Audrey has decades of experience in environmental planning, working in both the public and private sectors. She has managed multidisciplinary projects for local municipalities and private developers, providing innovative and sustainable solutions to a variety of environmental challenges. Under her leadership, CirclePoint has a renewed commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace and within the communities they serve. She understands the importance of fostering an inclusive environment that embraces diverse perspectives and experiences, which allows for more comprehensive and impactful solutions. Join us as we learn about Audrey's journey to becoming a CEO and her approach to leadership. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Jessa. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, I'm Corinne. My pronouns are she, her as well. And today we are sitting with Audrey Zagazetta, CEO of Circle Point. Thanks so much for joining us, Audrey. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. And so <laughs> we know, so we're at the AEP conference. Yes. How are you connected to AEP? So I have been a member of AEP for, I would say, over the last 15 years, off and on. Um, so I am from the San Jose area. And so I joined uh, our business, actually, Circle Point has a business membership with AEP. So I renew it every year. And that allows not only myself, but other people in the company to attend events, conferences, and all sorts of activities. And we get the newsletter. Um, so it's a great uh, professional association. Yay. So glad to hear that. And so for, uh, for the 15 years you've been a member, have you been with CirclePoint that entire career? No, I've actually been in the environmental field for 23 years. So um, I was introduced to AEP, you know, from the onset of my career. Oh, great. It's been around for a long time. So can you tell us a little bit more? So you're newly CEO. I think I was looking at the date that I saw the announcement and it's been maybe six weeks yeah, no, actually, um, uh, this is my second year. Oh, so as what? CEO. Second yeah. year CEO? Oh yeah. my gosh, sorry. It's Reading okay. comprehension has never no been my strong suit. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, no, if I was six weeks, I don't know. I, I probably would not look the way I do. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, God. Like, like, yeah, yeah, no. yeah like, <laughs> no, second year has definitely been a lot easier. But uh, yeah, so it was, I was uh, voted in as CEO on February 2nd, 2022. Do you remember that? Two, 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 two. Mm-hmm. Last year, that was a big day, right? Like yes. over twos. Um, and then it, it became official two, three, 22. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I think though, or maybe I'm just, and now I'm afraid to ask questions. No, I'm like, what? totally. My memory is terrible. But so can you tell us in, uh, you know, female CEO leadership yeah. in the industry, which is fantastic. Can you tell us about your career progression, like how you got started in the industry. And I know, I'm sure, you know, it's a long story, but like, um, you know, like some highlights of like what led you to this leadership position. Yeah. Um, So it it happened very organically. I didn't go to college and go, oh, I want to be a CEO. (laughs) (laughs) So um, in college, I um, took one of a, a general ed class and it was on environmental studies. So that's how I fell in love with the field. Um, so I got into environmental studies. I got my degree in environmental studies with an emphasis on ecological restoration. So I kind of climbed the ladder. So my story is I started as an entry-level person um, for a 
a professional services company, which is um, private consulting for environmental services. Um, so I started with Ogden Environmental, and then I just moved to, through two companies, um, Impact Sciences and then Circle Point. I did take a two-year break and go into the public sector for a little bit. Mm. So that was very helpful to see what's happening on the other side. So there's a lot of politics, and it's just a different lens that you can see um, from the public sector. But I basically started entry level, and I just progressed through my career by getting promoted, um, you know, through the different stages. And then when I was at that, when you hit the project manager level, then you have opportunity to do leadership. And then your leadership really starts showing whether you have those leadership skills or if that's an interest that you want to do. Um, so there was a pivotal point in my career where um, our former CEO um, asked me if I wanted to run the environmental group. And so it was a big deal. I was just like, wow, yeah. okay, opportunity, right? So um, I took the opportunity and I think that's what really helped me progress up is the willingness to take opportunities to kind of step forward and say, yeah, I'll do that. Or, you know, hey, what about this idea? You know, to actually accept the responsibility and um, the willingness to do that, I think really opened up a lot of doors for me. And uh, so um, in the last three or four years at Circle Point, our former CEO, who's CEO for 15 years, you know, he knew he wanted to retire. Um, so I, I, I asked if I could be, you know, a board member. Um, so just kind of looking for opportunities uh, because I was really interested in helping the firm progress. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of like, I, I started getting kind of a business cap on as well. And I started learning how to run the business, um, you know, and, and that whole lens while maintaining the environmental focus as well with my group. Um, so I became CEO and then I became CEO last year. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's so refreshing too, to hear the story where you're, you're willing to take that chance and excited for it. I think, um, you know, something I had felt before in positions like that was more of an imposter syndrome and making the excuses that like, well, I don't have an MBA, like right. I can't do that. So I think it's just a really great thing for women to hear that you don't have to, you know, have that imposter syndrome that, you know, is a man asking themselves that question. So I think um, it's a really great story to tell. Yeah. And we interviewed, so we're at the conference and, we interviewed uh, Michael Brandman, who's a um, very seasoned professional and retired. And that was one of his key themes was saying yes to opportunities that presented yeah. themselves. And so I think that's a really good point, Karen, because I am I feel myself on that boat where, but if someone's asking you to do it, they clearly see something in you. Right. And so take a chance. If it doesn't work, there are other options. <laughs> there are other options. And I will say the former CEO, he did say, you know, of all the, ex you know, executives in that pool, you were always the one who would want to step forward, you know, and like concerned about a topic, like, let's fix this. How are we going to work on this? And he's like, so that just showed me that you were invested and that you really wanted to have a strong leadership role. Um, so and I think that's interesting what you just spoke about. It's like when you're an engaged employee. Yeah. And so I assume, you know, Circle Point is doing things right to like create an environment for you to be an engaged employee and feel confident and comfortable speaking out for that. And so can you tell us a little bit more 
about the culture of Circle Point? Yeah, sure. So um, Circle Point is very, um, so first of all, uh, we're a firm of right now, we have 32 employees, so we're a small business. Um, And um, I will say we're going full circle now back to women-owned. So the founder of Circle Point was Kay Wilson. Um, And so she had this brilliant idea to integrate communication services with environmental. So uh, we know in the environmental world, it's very important, right, to get the community input in the process um, and to get the stakeholders involved. So it was just a really nice combination of the two services. Um, So it's, it's really great for the culture and the company um, to go full circle. And we are, we are called circle point. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's really kind of just kind of all ties in. Um, but it is a very proud moment for us last year, um, me becoming CEO because we're kind of going back to our roots. Right. So, you know, going back to um, a woman owned company, we have shareholders. And so the majority of the shareholders are women. So it, we comprise uh, the ownership of Circuit now comprised by mostly women. So we are um, applying for a DBE. And so Kay Wilson had a DBE status. And then kind of in the middle, um, you know, the, that they outgrew that status and now we're going back to it. So that's very exciting. So that's part of our culture. So um, we have that history, but Culture is like super important to us. Um, we have a set of values that you know everybody recognizes in the company um, and that we all agreed upon. So we're definitely that company that reaches out to the team. Like we want to hear from you. You know what what are what do you what's important for you in our culture? Or what do you like about Circle Point? Um, so always nurturing that. I do think culture really trumps all. That's my message to the company: is culture trumps all. And um, we really want to set our employees up to succeed. So we have a very robust training program and professional development um, path for everyone. And the cool thing is because we're small, uh, everybody gets to experience all the different parts of the process, right? So it's not like that division of labor where, oh, you're just going to work on aesthetics or you're just going to work on cultural resources, or you're just going to do this one community outreach, you know, um, area. Uh, everybody gets to work on, you know, the whole process from start to finish. So there's a lot of opportunity for people. That's great exposure for the staff for them for their professional development, which adds value to their career, but also to the value of the company too, when people can see how all the dots are connected, I think is so helpful. So when AEP um, did a survey of our membership, you know, in in support of our DEI initiative, you know, the results we got and, you know, granted we didn't get 100% return on our survey, um, but, and just, you know, looking at it kind of, qualitatively and just from experience, we are predominantly, you know, female or people who identify as female. Um, But it seems like in leadership with especially, you know, consulting firms that are members of AEP, it's probably not predominantly, you know, female led. And I'm wondering if, you know, that's been your experience as well. um, Or if you could talk a little bit more about, you know, I think being fairly unique in being, you know, a woman, CEO in this field, despite having the majority of environmental professionals be women. Right. Yes, for sure. Um, So we work with a lot of engineering firms and the engineering firms are very um, male dominant firms. So we're a little bit different that we do 
have majority of females. And I'm seeing a trend that it's, it's um, even more and more um, female leadership. Um, a lot of candidates that we get, new candidates for interviews are women. Um, and, and so there's that really strong preference, uh, not preference. There's that really strong trend that we're seeing. Um, and we do want to balance it out, right? So we have to make sure we balance that out, but we have a DEI program. Um, and so we, uh, established that last year, we hired a consultant to come and help us put our program program together. Um, so it has all the different components, but it just really, we're trying to integrate it into our culture, um, into our website. So if you have a chance to look at our website, we have, you know, a DEI category, um, but it's really right to create diversity and inclusion, not only in the workplace, but in the work we do. It's super important, you know, that we tie that um, inside and outside. Uh, so some examples that we do for a DEI is um, we haven't implemented it yet, but we plan to um, like when we get applications from candidates, we're going to cross out the name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So you cross out the name or if there's a picture, you hide the picture. So whoever the hiring team is or the hiring manager, you don't actually see the name. You don't see the gender. You don't see the age. You don't see a picture. You just see their qualifications and like their experience. That's great. And stuff. So, yeah. So that that's uh, we haven't got there quite yet, but that's something that we want to do. And then also um, something that we're implementing now as we have our go, no go decisions on opportunities. Um, so we want to um, ensure that we have some DEI like criteria or considerations in our go, no go, just to make sure that it's not displacing like in a disadvantaged community, you know, or we're not um, removing the project wouldn't remove, you know, any kind of um, impacts to like equity EJ communities and, and those sort of things. And, you know, that's, it's hard to do with uh, transportation yeah. projects. I mean, that's going to happen. We worked on the BART extension project for years and years, and there were EJ communities, but we, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, we do work with them, identify them and, and help, you know, ensure that they're protected to the extent feasible with the project. When it's literally putting your money where your mouth is, is making business decisions to advance the core value of yours. So I think that's really impressive. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. I was like, oh, these are very tactical actions that align <laughs> yeah. with what you say, you know, who you are and like living that out. I think that's fantastic. And I, I think those are, you know, I'm thinking of all the initiatives Circle Point has worked on as a small business mm -hmm. and there's kind of, it's hard to make excuses like, oh, we don't have enough resources or enough people. It's like, you're doing it. You're investing in your employees. You're living out your values, which I think is really admirable and a really good model. And um, hopefully some ideas for some of the listeners to take away and implement yeah. um, in their workplace too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really makes it a more meaningful purpose, you know, uh, working with a purpose, you know, for all of us, like we're there all day, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody works, you know, 40, mostly 40 hours a week. And so uh, we want people to feel that they have a purpose um, in the work we do um, and that they align, you know, with our values so that, that yeah. they're happy in the workplace. Right, right. <laughs> and so what's, um, and if you can talk about, it, I guess, what are some goals for CirclePoint, you know, as a CEO, like where would you like to see 
the business go and like for the environmental profession in general too, like any kind of like visions for the future? Yeah, we definitely have a vision. So we have a five-year strategic plan, which is our vision. Um, So there's some growth initiatives there and some of them were already um, hitting, which is, you know, establish a DEI program. Um, So that's very important to us. The ownership transition is important to us Um, going DBE, um, but also kind of expanding our geography um, and the markets we work in. So we, we work in transportation, we work in land use, we work in water and we work in sustainability. Um, So expanding those markets. So our vision is to grow um, and we are just within the state of California right now. Um, So we have an office in Oakland, an office in San Jose and an office in Orange. Um, But just really looking for those opportunities um, to help, you know, the local governments, um, especially like with housing or improvements on transportation, alternative modes of transportation. Um, I know there is a um, seminar or, or one of the breakout rooms had uh, a lecture on auton- autonomous vehicles. Yeah. So that's really something that we're interested in. Um, we just won the Deardon station. I don't know if you guys are from the Bay Area. Okay. And no. I am. You're not? Okay. No. But- um, so Deardon station, uh, we just won the contract for um, alternative modes of transportation autonomous vehicles from Deardon to the San Jose airport. Wow. Um, so that's a super cool contract. There's these little pods, you know, that will transport people. Um, and it's not a, it's not on a rail line. It's at grade with wheels and you go in these pods and it transfers you to from one place to another. Wow. That's so it's so, it's so exciting, such an exciting project because, you know, one of the, the big solutions that I think we're still a little bit lacking on as a profession is that, you know, first mile, last mile. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Jose is a great example. San Diego, where we're from, is also another good example of, you know, getting from transit centers to the airport is a challenge. Right. Um, so I, I love the pot idea. I'm so excited about yeah. that. I you know we'll have to have you back on when you've gotten a little further into the process. Yeah, you can sure. tell us all about it. And we got to go demo them. Oh, you know, cool. yeah. Some people from the team went and, you know, we actually went to the pilot site and saw it and we get to sit in them. And so kind of integrating uh, solutions, right, with technology. I think that's kind of like on the interface um, and we're going to embrace that for sure. That's exciting. And so that's super exciting. Yeah, that's my like hearing the autonomous vehicles is in my <laughs> mind. It's like, you know, I think like the Jets is so, <laughs> so far away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's happening. It's happening now. And yeah, and some of the mock ups I've seen of, of some of these pods, you know, it, it looks a lot like the Jetsons car. And there's supposed to be like enough room for like a bicycle on it. Yeah. And so it's funny you said that because I forgot the dad's name of the Jetsons, but this was the year he was born. Oh my in, God. Uh, oh. In the show. <laughs> 2023 funny just full I, circle right <laughs> I was thinking as soon as I said that a lot I was like oh my gosh I bet the Jetsons were like 2020 you know right. oh my gosh that's so funny um and so as you talk about like your growth plans and the different regions and what do you look for when you're looking for new hires like what are some of the skills and like how where do you post the job ads yeah like how are you looking for new talent yeah, so um, we post um, 
uh, I would have to ask my HR. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's that? That the very popular um, posting is starts with an I. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. You. So I know we post on Indeed, um, and uh, we just try. I think we're even posting with AEP, and like we post with the professional associations. Um, sometimes we target universities for you know more entry level. Um, uh, type of advertisement, but I think for the project managers and above, and we are looking for seniors, you know, hires, uh, because we're going through the, um, the leadership transition mm-hmm. at that senior level, which is very exciting. Um, so for those, it's, it's really, um, meeting people, talking to people at the conferences or, you know, different networking places, or kind of looking through your contacts, like, who do I know who may be interested? Um, you know, and, and we have some recruiters that are helping us too as well. But what's attractive about CirclePoint is what I said before, is that because we're small, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to learn the whole spectrum mm-hmm. and be part of the entire process. Um, and it's uh, our, we are implementing a very um, robust training um, program. Susan Harden and who is one of our executives. She's also a professor at Irvine. So she's helping us put this curriculum together internally. And it's just amazing. So I'm very excited for the team, you know, to have this opportunity to do a lot of internal training. So, and professional development is very important to us. But again, it's just finding those people that align with our core values because that's what's really going to make people happy, mm-hmm. right? Like, so if they're aligned with our core values, hey, and we're, we're very transparent, these are our values, you know, this is what we have to offer, um, you know, and aligning that, um, you know, I think would be a really good opportunity for anybody who joins the team. Um, we have had uh, breakout sessions with our team, asking them, what do you like about Circle Point? And there's all kinds of words they use, uh, flexibility, trust, mentorship, um, growth opportunities, um, family style, you know, environment, uh, cause we're small. Um, so, so yeah. And, you know, we have our internal, um, we also do a lot of marketing and branding for some transportation agencies. So we kind of have that really nice, um, ability to do graphics, you know, and I don't know if you, you looked at our website. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of a neat too. We have a really good like branding, um, quality to yes. us as well. Yep. Thanks. So kind of the group think is that a woman has to say something seven times before, you know, a, a meeting full of men will yep. hear it. That is very true. As CEO, <laughs> <laughs> less than seven. <laughs> Are you down to like three? Two? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it depends. <laughs> it depends because it's despite my, so one thing I, I realized when I became CEO was the immediate respect that I got from people. It's not something you had to earn at that point because you have the titles. So like when I would meet people, they were just like, oh, wow, CEO. And then you get this, you know, kind of certain treatment respect, which was, was pretty cool. But I did realize in certain meetings, um, especially when it is male dominant meetings, you do have to repeat yourself. And sometimes they still don't hear you despite my title. So that still exists. Um, but my internal team, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have to say it, you know, yeah. more than a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, but before the AEP podcast, I had another podcast, which is how I got to this. And 
we would interview um, some business leaders and there was this woman we interviewed and she was incredible, like the most driven person I think I've met in my entire life. And she was working on her PhD in mechanical engineering at Stanford. And she was working with like Space Force and NASA and Air Force. And she said she would walk into rooms and she would sit down and she was like, these are my credentials. And then she's like, can we talk? Because she's like so much time. She's like, I was like, that's terrible. And she's like, well, so much time's wasted. She's like, so I may as well just come in and tell them like, listen, I'm a qualified professional yeah. instead of like sitting there and having them question my work and um, expertise through this whole meeting. Right. And I, my mind was blown that like, that's the level that like this person who was, you know, she was founder CEO of a tech company, wow. PhD, yeah. mechanical engineering. And she's just like, had to walk in state her credentials so she could be taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I'm not surprised, you know, and I think too, uh, when it's a, a, a diverse group, we'll say, you know, of females and males, um, sometimes it's also just uh, the the male has like a, a dominant voice, you know, and sometimes, you know, you hear that more because uh, there's a lot of times I'll say things and then somebody will repeat it that has a yeah. deeper voice than me. And they're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I'm like, wait, I just said that like two or three times <laughs> yes. and you're not heard. <laughs> yes. So I think that'll go away, you know, with time. Yeah. It's, it's hopefully just, more balanced. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll balance itself out. The one thing at the state board of directors at AEP is I think for the very first time, um, all of our, you know, kind of executive level leadership are women. So we have Mindy Fogg, our president, Connie uh, Dubreva and myself, who are uh, vice presidents. Same with Lynn Calvert-Hayes. And, um, you know, our executive director is Lynn Binder. Um, any, t- like, and again, just started this year, any tips for, you know, having that leadership move in to be, you know, dominated by women or anything we could learn from your experience? Um, yeah, I think just let things happen organically you know, um, it's, is the best tip, uh, but diversity is also, you know, nice too. So, um, I'm not sure what, uh, the ultimate goal or objective would be to become all, you know, women led leaders. I think that's good. Uh, but for me being around, we, we do have a lot of women leaders, which is great. Um, it's really important. Just, I think for me, it's more important to get everybody to row in the right direction and in the same, not the right direction, but well, that's important too, (laughs) (laughs) but in, you know, rowing the same direction. So, um, that is for me, I've the total key to success, um, to clearly identify what your goals and objectives are and get everybody to row in that direction, uh, agree to disagree. Um, and a little diversity I think is, is good as well. Um, but, uh, just kind of finding the path of least resistance with your leaders, um, and finding ways to everybody, you know, to kind of move in the same, um, direction, I think is my biggest advice right now, because that's helped us tremendously. I've just have seen a huge change in um, the, the leadership and it, it trickles down, right? So if the leadership is all in sync and then it's trickling down, like your performance is, is going to be great. We had really good performance in quarter one financially. Um, and that was a long time coming. And so I think that was really a result of everybody growing in the right the same direction, um, whether you were male, female, you know, whatnot, I think, you know, that's, that's important. Well, and you, you touched on this when, as you know, you were explaining, it's like 
having clear goals. Yes. So like you said, <laughs> same direction, but also the right direction. Like we know where we're going. Right. And so having that alignment and collaboration and, you know, it's not intercompetitive. It's exactly, you, you know, where you're going and I'm sure why you're going there too. Right. Right. To have a purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. With everything, um, even a day-to-day small task, I always, or we're coming upon a new initiative or a new policy or, you know, some kind of special project or just a project, I always ask my team, like, you have to, what is your goal? <laughs> what are we trying to accomplish here? You know, so, and then what's, what are the objectives, you know, and then what is your outcome? What do you want to get to? And then everything else, you know, comes in between to, to get there. I think that's super important. It just helps you stay focused. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I think <laughs> being on, you know, different sides of that is, you know, I've been the one to set the goals and be like, okay, this is what we're doing. Why are we doing this? How are we going to do it? And then I've also been the one who's like, oh my gosh, we have to get this done. And you start to start doing it. <laughs> and it seems like, it's like, it saves so much time. If you take that, like, you know, that time to plan and like lay out the big picture right. instead of just like going when it, you know, things feel a bit chaotic. Um, so it's great that you guys have that like in your culture. Yeah. That's yeah, it's super helpful. And another question I had for you is you, you know, I was thinking about this is like in your career trajectory and you're talking about developing this leadership program with um, your board member from Irvine, who's Professor Irvine. Um, What, what are some leadership, like, how did you hone your leadership skills? Like, was there in-house training? Did you get it outside of the organization? Like, how did you hone those skills? That's a really great question. Um, So I, um, uh, naturally, you know, um, developed some leadership skills and, um, it was really learning how to work with my team and helping them. So I think that's a start, like that started like developing my leadership skills and then learning how to work with the other leaders. Um, that's a bit harder because <laughs> there's, you know, uh, conflict. And like I said, trying to get everybody on the same page, um, and it's always going to be that way. Like everybody's going to have their own opinion or a different way or looking at it from a different lens. Um, so there have been little sticky points um, in our leadership group where we have seeked outside leadership um, mentors. Right. Yeah. So Katie Miller was one. Um, I highly recommend her. She was great. Um, she's with Left Lane Advisors and she came in and coached the executive team. So she just kind of sat us down and we did like an assessment, like, what's your goal? (laughs) You know, what, what are your roles and responsibilities? So that's another thing is really clearly identifying everybody's roles and responsibilities, even at the executive level, the board members, like I do the government structure, like, okay, we have a board of directors. These are all the roles and responsibilities. This is, you know, what they vote on and just providing clarity on roles and responsibilities for everyone in the company um, has helped tremendously. And that's part of leadership too, right? Is providing a very clear picture for not only the company and transparency, but for the other leaders so that we know, you know, who who who's responsible for making this decision and who's responsible for making this decision. So that clarity is super important. Um, so we have seeked outside leadership. And then Katie Miller also, she did it at the executive level, but um, we're really into growing our mid-level professionals as well. And we want to de- develop their leadership skills because um, 
it helps, right? When you have different levels of leadership in the company. So we did bring outside um, leadership mentoring to that group as well. And so we identified what the needs were and we did like four different training sessions for them throughout the year, like one a quarter. Um, so every year we have, we develop business goals that align with our strategic vision. So kind of having that strategic vision is like our guideline. This is, you know, everybody's agreed to this. We're all on the same page here. So every year we do uh, incremental goals to help us, you know, progress that vision. Um, so part of our goals, we have identified where we want to strengthen and expand leadership. And so we either do it internally or externally through training. And then for me, um, when I knew I was about to become the CEO, <laughs> I went and bought like five books. <laughs> How to be CEO 101. <laughs> totally. I'm like, first year of CEO, you know, like, what does a CEO do? Like, I really wanted like clarity on it. And I still read my books. They're so great. They're, they're super helpful. Um, and then I'm also part of a senior executive roundtable where we meet with different firms, you know, different AE firms, and we all ascend, you know, Curtis and, you know, all the firms get together and we just talk about trends and, you know, what's happening in the companies and, and that really helps. So having external conversations um, and then budding up with other CEOs has really helped as well. So we at AEP are trying to, um, we're, we're in the beginning of starting a book club oh, um, nice. so that statewide we can all read a book together and then, you know, talk about it about once a quarter. Would you recommend any of the books that you read for, you know, kind of an AEP wide book club? Um, mine right now are CEO focused, but I think it's applicable because one, one of my favorite um, CEO books, uh, it's a CEO does three things um, and it's culture, um, people and numbers. So AP, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys, you know, are concerned with numbers too. And absolutely. Um, but just the culture of AP, um, the people of AP, and then the numbers are like the three ingredients, I think that helps the success, you know, make an organization successful. So um, I would definitely recommend that book. Awesome. And then yep. one fun question. 90% of what I understand about like corporate executive leadership, I learned from the show Succession. Oh. So first, have you seen Succession? I have not. Okay. <laughs> then my second question is null and void. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is what's going on. <laughs> Oh, okay. I got to watch this show now. Yeah, you absolutely. Watch the show. Yeah. yeah. So, HBO. HBO. Okay. That's that's funny. Um, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we promise no spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that because I think um, it's so critical to. I love the outside leadership investment because it gives you a perspective that I think in the day-to-day, -day, it's so, well, this person does that, or they do this. And when someone else comes in and it's a, it's a much, you know, my experience with as much, as much safer place. Right. So you have like a neutral third party, yeah. you know, relatively speaking neutral who can come in and like help like facilitate those conversations or if there's conflict or tension and, and potentially see some blind spots that you don't have when you're in the day-to-day -day as much. And I think the fact that you invest in the, the mid-level leadership is so fantastic. And yeah. Um, 
is really, again, a very admirable thing to do for your staff and like give them that training and not just like, yeah, like, here you go. Here's a figure little, it here's out. Management. You got it. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 <laughs> The other thing we did for our entire team this year is um, we developed, um, we put it in our annual budget that every person in the company, every single person can join the professional association. Fantastic. Yeah. So that um, was something that we included and, you know, we're still kind of working it out, but we're really encouraging, like, you know, when I, I'm here at the AEP, Susan Harden's here at the AEP and I'm just like, next year we want to send, um, you know, more junior people to the one in Anaheim. Um, and just anytime I go to one of the conferences or any or WTS or anything, I send an email. So every Monday I send a motivation Monday email. I love it. <laughs> and so I, I let everybody know that we we're at the conference. I took a picture of the beautiful scenery and I'm like, yeah, we're out in beautiful Lake yeah. Tahoe at this conference, but really encouraging the young professionals and anybody in the company, like, Hey, you want to be part of an organization. You want to, you know, go talk to people in the outside world. And just like what you said, just, you know, you can get a different perspective or, you know, see it from a different lens. Um, and really my, our goal is to tie inside to outside, internal to external. Um, and we do that, of course, through our uh, corporate communications plan where we, you know, really want to, this is what we want to tell the world about Circle Point. And this is what we're going to post on social media. I'm in that sort of stuff, but yeah, professional association is super important, you know, and we want everybody to have an opportunity to be part of that. Yeah. AEP, a professional organization. <laughs> Circle <laughs> Point employees, are you listening? No. <laughs> exactly. um, and then I think before we wrap up, um, you had mentioned that you, your firm got a new contract for a podcast. Do you want to Briefly mention that, or is that too early stage? No, no, it's not. And I was asking Susan a little bit about that last night. So it's um, with CCTA, uh, Contra Costa Transportation Authority. Um, so Tim Hale is um, the executive director, I believe. Tim, if you ever listen to this, I hope I got your title. <laughs> We're just basically... When you listen to this. Yeah, I, like I love that. Yeah, it's a when. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, it's not as... Um, um, we're not as hands-on for the actual hosting part. So he's the host, um, but we're just helping him set it up. So we're doing the coordination part, um, and setting up the podcast. That's, that's all I know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll stay tuned. You'll have to share it with us and we can do some cross sharing and stuff and maybe have Tim on as a guest for oh my gosh, that would vice be versa. Awesome. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Some cross collab. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Well, yeah. um, I want to see if there's any other questions or points that we want to address before we get into the wrap up rapid five. Maybe any, um, you know, for the 13 year old girl who might be listening to this, who, you know, wants to be a CEO, doesn't really know what it means. Um, but understanding that representation is so important. Any just yeah. last words of advice for her? Yeah, I would just say that, um, it's a very rewarding um, role and um, to really, if you want to become a CEO, you really have to find a balance. I will say that's, you know, uh, super important to understand clearly what your roles and responsibilities are as a CEO um, and own it, um, but also balance it out really with um, a lot of for a 13 year old, she might not get this, but mm -hmm. it, it, uh, it's really like the mental and physical wellness. 
So, you know, it's, it's, it's just really a balance and, um, and it comes with a full package. Yeah. Well, I was ready to wrap up, but now I have more questions. So, okay. <laughs> so how do you find, how do you strike that balance? Like, what are, how do you do that? Yeah. For maybe a 40 year old girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) so I have to say a few weeks ago, I'm a little bit, um, off my schedule, but a few weeks ago I hit like the perfect schedule for me. Um, yeah. And I, and I'm glad I experienced it because I want to get back to it. Right. So it was working out wonderful. So one thing I noticed is every morning I want to wake up really refreshed, ready to go. I want to be ready for my team. Um, as a CEO, you have to be really listening to your team. Your team comes to you with a lot of different, you know, things and you, and you have to have your pulse on everything that's going on in the firm. And that's why I tell my team, I have to know everything that's going on. I don't need to make a decision on it, but just, I just need to be in the know. It's a very, um, and, and you have to wear, you have to smile a lot. <laughs> um, or at least I like to smile a lot, uh, for the team. But so what I do is I uh, sleep is essential. Um, so was, uh, try and get a good amount of sleep. But I was waking up at 530 in the morning before anybody else woke up in the house. And I would kind of sit in my office and look out the window, have my cup of coffee. But I would meditate for 10 minutes um, through the Calm app. I don't know if you guys have a Calm yeah. app, mm-hmm. but it's just amazing. So I do my 10 minute meditation um, and then I ease into the morning. Other people start waking up in the house with my husband or whatever. And then I start work. So I'm like clear-headed, very refreshed for work. Um, and I work all day and then I work out in the evening time. So I do martial arts. Oh, cool. I do Muay Thai and a little bit of MMA. Um, and so I do really like intense martial arts. And then, um, so then I get everything out of my system. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Um, and then I do like going for walks. I have two dogs. So the walking helps too. That's a really good, like kind of clears your head. Um, and then in the evening time, just that downtime, um, usually have a cup of tea. Um, that helps me like kind of relax, get into, and then and get a good night's sleep. So that for me is my full balance. And then I live in Gilroy. So there's a lot of wineries that I go to on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Balance. That sounds lovely. That's a lovely day. That's like my dream day. If I could get up early and, you know, not chaotically check my emails and be like, oh my gosh, I'm late for something. <laughs> yeah. It really just feels like it, it, got, it got me um, a little bit of a head start, right? Reminded. Yeah. We, we had Julie Reagan on the podcast also while she was at the conference and, um, and her rapid five, her favorite daily habit. She's like, I love having a cup of coffee first thing in the morning and just looking out the window. Yes. So it's really there's a amazing. theme here. Listen up, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that. That's so interesting. And I just learned a lot more about you. It's good. Um, or that routine, I mean. And so, okay, we'll get into the wrap up rapid five. Do you have more? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I, I promise I'm done. For another 30 <laughs> minutes now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So okay. what is your favorite daily habit? Um, so out of that little routine that I talked about, um, I really like the evening wind down time, you know, after eight 30, that cup of tea, just relaxing. And then, um, if everything like is, uh, very organized in, uh, my room, like getting into bed and winding down and getting ready for sleep, that's my favorite 
time. Freshly washed bed sheets. Uh, yes. Just the best. Mm-hmm. I just got relaxed thinking about that. <laughs> I love, I love a, like freshly made bed. It is like my favorite thing. And the window cracked just a little yep. bit to get chill. some fresh air. Yeah. yeah. That's my favorite time. I'm like, okay. A little relaxing. oil spritz. Getting ready for bed. Only like 10 more hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, three things you'd bring to a deserted island. Um, so I thought about this. Uh, let's see. So I would bring, um, something that we, uh, could farm with like sustainable food source, right. So that there's some food source there. And then, um, some form of way of bringing like my ties, um, <laughs> would be another one. And then, um, what was the other one? Um, probably some kind of sunscreen. I was thinking if the island had like big leaves, you could, yeah. you know, use leaves for cover, but yeah, I would think some kind of like protection for, so that you can sustain yourself. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> like that sounds like a vacation. Is that the first reference to sunscreen we've had? I think so. I think so. I was like, I don't That's, think anyone else has important. said that. Yeah. It's important. It's yeah, it's always a, I love this is one of my favorite questions because it just tells so much about a person yeah. with these three things. It's like, um, I'll, I would join you on the, the deserted <laughs> island if I was uh, invited, but I didn't make the list. Um, just uh, what's your favorite environmental policy? Um, right now, I do like the SB 922. Um, I think streamlining is super important. Um, it helps, I think, all parties continue to respect um our environmental laws that we have in place CEQA and uh NEPA yeah, although SB uh 922 doesn't apply to NEPA but any kind of streamlining um policy is really good for us right now for sure favorite flora or fauna um I would say oak trees mm-hmm. yeah I like oak trees they're so pretty and yeah they're kind of magical and they're they're very old and wise and that's part of the meditation too right like in the morning you always have to they always like visualize a tree and you have to be grounded and you have to have deep roots you know and you have to be anchored uh, to start your day a great metaphor (laughs) and then finish this thought (laughs) and then you can leave (laughs) wouldn't it be cool if okay I just think wouldn't it be cool if there are no more, and here we're going to the Jetsons again, no more um, vehicles like automobiles. And it was just autonomous and alternative modes of transportation that got us places. Yeah. Little pods, you know, because you could talk on the phone or you can catch up on an email or, you know, I think they're uh, time savers and, um, you know, gives you the ability to do a lot more than sitting there driving and it's better for the environment. I think about that a lot. Time is our only non-renewable resource. And so how do we maximize it? But yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I look forward to staying in touch. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to be updated when new episodes are released and leave us a review to let us know what you think. It also really helps us to share the podcast with others who may enjoy learning about the environmental industry. If you want to submit a shout out or any feedback, please send an email or voice memo to podcast at califaep.org. The email again is podcast with an S, podcast at C-A-L-I-F 
aep.org.